1: my name is chris dillard
0: and my name is mike royer
1: and this week we're talking she hulk episode two references mike and i'm just gonna get that out of the way now so people know that they should watch this before they come into this episode because spoilers are gonna happen right and this is this is a this is should pretty we- fun stuff
0: should we have like a psychological conversation with the difference between references and Easter eggs? I feel uh, like that's a little uh, niche crevice that I could really crawl into. You know and what? Talk when we get about nauseum.
1: When we get to that <laughs> point, we'll look at the time, and if time permits, we will go down you know, references <laughs> slash Easter egg rabbit hole. Um, Ezra Miller is apologizing for their actions, Mike. Um, we'll talk about the Flash here later on. What that means for it. DC properties, other than The Flash, aren't getting any love at all, (laughs) at all, at HBO Max right now. And let me tell you, it's a fun story we're going to get into later, and more.
0: Yes, we are on the precipice of uh, fall here in the United States, which is... Kind of hard to jive with here in Southern California because it's been very, very hot. I think it's going to be even hotter next week. Ouch. I saw news that, like, China is, like, melting. Mm. Like they're, all of their, like, freshwater, like, lakes and rivers are, like, drying up. So hopefully this uh, this hot peak will, will pass and we can enjoy a little bit of fall and vibe out with some of the... Uh, Halloween, the pumpkins, Mm -hmm. the candy. Mm -hmm. This is all to say I was out into the world this week, and like everyone is prepared for September 1st. That seems to be the official. Like pumpkin spice, candy corn so, decoration yeah. season.
1: I saw a lot last week I, I was in the store. I believe it was when I was getting the popcorn. might have been two weeks ago now. I saw a lot of candy corn uh, already kind of leaking into the Walmart shelves. Um, getting out there, those <laughs> big boxes turned sideways, right? Ripped out, tops ripped open. So I know, and it's the good stuff. It's the Brax version, right? It's not the, the off-brand. So I, I'm like, I was thinking of you when I saw those. I'm like, it's candy corn season. <laughs> We're going to get those... Thanksgiving dinner candy corns that nobody really wants. Oh, uh, um, you know, cranberry candy corns. Uh, so hey,
0: that actually sounds better than turkey candy corn. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's a viral sensation out there of the corn kid. The corn kid. Which, uh, the, the corn kid has been this weird, like microcosm of news because, like, the corn kid. If you're not sure, he's just like a, this cute little kid who's being interviewed at like a park when he's eating corn. He's just talking about how much he loves corn. It's just cute and adorable. Yeah. But then what comes in is a music remix. Like classic, like mid 2000s, you know, music remix. Mm -hmm. And everyone's been like, Auto tune the news story now. Exactly. And they're just like, You won't believe it. The people that wrote this remix of The Corn Kid have been doing this for years. They're OG YouTubers and they've been doing the Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife song and everything. And it's making me feel so old. Because it's like these uh, these uh, Gen Zers on TikTok feel like they're like digging up ancient artifacts. And it's yeah. like, I remember when YouTube was invented. Yeah, so I miss Vines. Old. I miss Vines, Mike. <laughs> uh,
1: so that does that, that hurt. Well, if it makes you feel any better, last night, um, my wife and I have not gone out to eat at a sit-down restaurant for years. So we went to Outback Steakhouse, Mike. You know my affinity for the Bloomin' Onion. It, it, it's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got home and we were like, oh, well, "Let's watch a movie." And then we're like, "We ate too much food because we never go out to eat." <laughs> uh, so we're miserable. We're gonna sit here and so I put on um, 1980s commercials, uh, like um, like calming. It was like calming a, commercials. It was weird. What so, a
0: strange, what a strange nostalgia trip. Yeah,
1: so I'm sitting there watching old commercials. I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to get to the 90s." And then I looked up and like this guy, um, it's like retro Rick or some weird name like that. I was watching. Um, volume number 457 From the 80s I'm like there is not enough time in the world for this thing But I do love <laughs> watching some old commercials From growing up right? Like uh, The ones that always come to mind like the crossfire game Like the Marvel shooting game You'll get caught in the crossfire oh, yeah. uh, You know stuff like that So um, yeah we ended up going down that rabbit hole Last night instead of watching a movie Because we were going to watch the um, I call it the blazing saddles dog uh, Movie uh, The movie we've talked about What's it called? Pause of Fury. Pause of Fury.
0: Uh, <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking?"
1: About? Which is it, well, Pause of Fury is based on. Um, I think we talked about it, right, Mel Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles. They yeah. literally rewrote it with mm-hmm. with the animals in mind for kids. So, um, but we ended up not doing that, and t- instead we just watched commercials until you know we kind of just fell asleep. I did watch. Uh, we did put on Hercules to fall asleep to the the animated movie Hercules. You remember? Mm-hmm. I would make that's like one of those animated movies I wish had a live action version. I think it would be really cool to to dive into a live action. Sure, Hercules,
0: I'm sure they'll get around to it. They'll cast some just unbelievably hunky person to like oil and slather up. Is it Austin
1: and, Butler and from Elvis? Is it going to be him? He's hot yeah, right maybe. now.
0: And we'll all just, we'll all just ogle the screen. There'll be some, hopefully some great songs, but speaking mm-hmm. of maybe movies that won't hold your attention to fall asleep to uh, um, this I'll movie would make thing. me fall asleep too. I think, I think you're going the other <laughs> direction here. I watched something extremely bizarre this week. It was a trip, man. Mm-hmm. Take you back to the mid-2000s, talking about, like, uh, millennia nostalgia. Yeah. A little film uh, starring Mia jo- Jojovi- Jovovich. Jovovich. Mean, I watched all all those Resident Evil movies, and I still can't say her name. Uh, wait, Ultra this is it? Resident Evil? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. um, Ultraviolet, circa 2006, which I had yeah. to look up and kind of get my frame of reference right. This is two movies into the Resident Evil franchise, I guess she decided to take a little bit of a break and work on an original concept called Ultraviolet. This was also a year before Spider-Man 3, I believe the same year as X3, not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that, X-Men United? I think yeah. is, that, is that the actual subtitle of that film? Yep. So you can kind of see what era this movie is operating in. And after I watched the opening credits of this scene, which is just a montage of, like, comic book covers for Ultraviolet, I was like convinced that these were real comic book covers. I was totally sure that this film was just another comic book adaptation cash grab, and I was shocked to see that this was not a 90s comic book that was turned to the big screen. This is an original concept made from the ground up, and it totally feels... Half-baked 100% all the way through uh, story-wise, that's for sure. But the movie is, like, wild, right? Mm -hmm. I actually would recommend somebody watch this movie, just knowing the context in which it was made and just seeing some of the visuals that they put to screen. It's kind of infamously known for some incredibly bad CGI, especially when it comes to this, like, motorcycle, helicopter, like, uh, action scene slash chase. But, man, they they are... Damned if they're not trying their best to put some of these extremely high concepts to screen. Uh, there is some laughable, like CG cityscapes. And oh yeah, it, they it it looks uh, it looks even bad for mid two thousands for sure. Uh, they are trying their hardest. It is so funny. It's so cheesy. You can tell the director is hundred percent just trying to ape like just comic book panels that they're just imagining. They're seeing in their head. There is a very whimsical action, but the whole tone of the movie is incredibly serious. So it just kind of falls falls short of like, man, if they just kind of pivoted, and maybe tried to like lean into like the cheesiness of what what mm-hmm. they were making. They might have had something so, really spectacular here so, actually.
1: So, let me let me give you my answer. I went and saw this in theaters uh 2006, right? This would have been when we were in college. So I'm like, "Oh, hell, yeah, I'll go watch this." Mila Jovovich uh, in an action movie. I mean, I love Resident <laughs> Evil. These are those are those are great movies at the time. So I saw this in theaters because I'm like, "Oh, this reminds me of that movie Aeon Flux, which came out the year before."
0: Yes uh, with,
1: with that Now looking into this uh, what, what I knew at the time I didn't know Director's names Whatever But the director Is the writer The writer of this movie Is the director Kurt Wimmer He did wrote And directed this But he did Equilibrium With Christian Bale Previously Which I thought Was a really good movie At the time as well I'm like oh This has everything Going for it right Equilibrium director aeon flux you know kind of vibes no this movie is one of those things like i only like when you say the name it it, like kind of takes me back to that moment of like martial arts Mm and and silliness and i think was is it william fichtner is is in it as well like the era where he was in like the bad guy and everything Mm kind of like deal but like that's that's all i remember about this movie uh and i paid money to see it, Mike. that's the worst part (laughs) about it
0: yeah, you can you can really feel the influences just kind of ooze out of this movie. Like very high caliber like poses and action. It feels like the director was just mainlining anime before they decided to film this. So mm. you can definitely say that you would get your like minutes worth. Right? <laughs> you, you definitely get an idea of when you go to hit play on HBO Max, which is where I watched it. It's only clocking at like an hour and 27 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So you know you're not in for a long ride. But like, one thing that is hard that I feel like is maybe overlooked because she's been in like so many mediocre to bad movies is Mia Joyovic is a cemented, un, un, undisputed action star. Like, you can tell she is picking these roles because she loves action. Like, I don't know how often they're swapping in, like, stunt doubles for her in her movies, but, like, she is, like, going hard. Every scene that she's in, like, a lot of respect to her, uh, and especially all of the and she was doing nonstop action, right? Like, can you imagine mm-hmm. the abuse that she put on her body, like, doing, like, these high-caliber, uh, high-paced action films, like, every two years? So, like, a, a lot of respect to her. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she has, like, some sort of, like, kind of, like, historic career like award at some point in time, maybe even 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 if it's either, like a smaller like untelevised you know award show, maybe she can be given lifetime
1: award. achievement award. She's been in, in a lot of the lowest grossing movies uh, in the history of you know, <laughs> cinema.
0: She was in um she was in Monster Hunter too, right? That weird oh god uh, Monster Hunter yes adaptation. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: I watched it. I never played a game and uh, does not make me want to play the games. But
0: that was also her husband yeah, who so... was
1: also did the Resident Evil movies, but yeah. Uh, yeah yeah.
0: yeah. So if you, if you just want to go take a – if you want to take a, a trip, man, go watch *Ultraviolet*. There, there's a scene that I'll never get out of my head, right? The beginning of the film, she steals like this top secret package, right? And she's told over and over again not to open it. So you know she's going to open it at right, some right. point in the movie. She opens it, and then you see her reaction like – She's surprised what it is. And then in my head I go like, oh, I bet it's like something alive. You don't react to something like this that's like an object, right? Mm -hmm. It's gotta be like a baby or something like that. No, it's like a 10 year old, but the 10 year old cannot fit into this packaging. So this 10 year old boy is in like this weird temporal like space inside of this package, but it looks like this really weird like 90s like screensaver effect that's like going over his body. It is so weird, it's so funny. Uh, so go check out Ultraviolet but if you want like an honest to God good recommendation there's a new show from the creator of Raising Hope and uh, My Name is Earl that is for all intents and purposes on Amazon Prime but, theor- but actually, it's on Freevee, which used to be IMDb TV. But since it's all owned by Amazon, it's the library is on Amazon Prime. So I hate explaining Freevee, so it's so confusing. But it's basically like a Tubi or like a Pluto TV. It's just like ad-supported. Anyway, it's a show called Sprung. You can watch it on Amazon Prime, uh, uh, supported by ads. And it's uh, loosely based on a true story of these kind of like um, uh, low-offender convicts that all get released from prison uh early uh due to the coronavirus and this is taking place in like early 2020 and there's this funny scene where they're all out of prison and they ask like this uh this guard who's on a bullhorn he's like well, where are we supposed to go and he was just like well you can't stay here and you're supposed to shelter in place so i understand the predicament that you're in but uh, good luck So it just kind of follows these uh, Mm -hmm. convicts that all have to, like, shack up in a house together. And it's just really funny because, like, I would have really thought that you would never really be able to make the pandemic funny in any way. But since now we're kind of, like, two, two and a half years kind of out from it, when it started, you can kind of look back at the very, very beginning of it and laugh a little bit. So they're doing things like toilet paper shortage stories. Uh, They're trying to get, like their uh covid tests to see if they're positive and they're writing it knowing about it in hindsight it's not Mm -hmm. like they wrote this show back in 2020 right they're writing it like recently so they're telling all these really funny jokes about like oh i bet this is all gonna blow over soon but anyway there's four episodes available right now i think they're dropping two a week so go watch sprung on amazon prime slash free v i hate that name it's so dumb funny. It, I'd recommend it. It rhymes with TV, that's why they're doing it. it Chris. Yes, I know and it's free <laughs> and, I, and I hate it. <laughs> just, I, I understand it as a concept. It's just so confusing.
1: It's like a freemium game, Mike. You can just you pay when you want to do more premium things.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like there's some sort of like weird like marketing item that they have like, well, if you get Amazon Prime, you won't have to watch the commercial. So it's mm-hmm. not free V anymore. It's just V. Yeah. Let's not talk about this anymore. Let's 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 move this along.
1: Moving it along. All right then. So let's jump into uh, biggest news uh, back half this week. Fantastic Four. Right. We are merely mm-hmm. weeks away. Two weeks away from uh, uh, what's it? D twenty three. Right. Um, big big mm-hmm. weekend. Marvel says they're going there. We're pretty confident they're going to announce all the Phase six stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. But you know we've been wrong before. We didn't think. Uh, it, E3, or not E3, uh, San Diego Comic-Con was going to be as big as it was. Um, but one of the rumors before this is coming out of this is that Matt Shackman, uh, the director showrunner of WandaVision, has been tapped to direct the upcoming Fantastic Four movie for Phase 6, um, which yeah, is huge.
0: I, yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, I loved WandaVision. I mm-hmm. love the execution of that show. You know, I... I'm doing my best not to overanalyze it, right? Because I feel like a lot of times when news like this breaks, people just go to the lowest common denominator of the creative person. It's just like, oh, well, they made like a period piece of a TV show, so obviously uh, the Fantastic Four are going to be like period Mm. characters, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure that that hot take has been put out there out in the world. I I think it's just more like they're a competent director and yep. uh, showrunner. So they're like, Hey, I bet you could handle a movie.
1: <laughs> well, well, I think the thing, the big thing here, Jack Schaefer, she wrote the show, uh, she created it and wrote it. So I think, you know, Shaq as a director is, is probably, you know, he, he made everything look really well. He got the best out of the actors. Right. And that's, that's very important because one division, the first Disney plus show, very strong, uh, best foot forward, very emotional, very, very, um, you know, I guess thought provoking throughout the whole thing. Right. Um, so I think, I think uh, Matt did, did a really good job with that. I think, you know, one of the things, you know, we've also talked about with Marvel is, you know, that was a year and a half ago or more since that came out, a year and eight months ago, nine months. So we're kind up on two years of that. I think, you know, Marvel has learned from stuff uh, since then. We've talked about, like, because all these TV shows were kind of produced during, you know, a pandemic uh, and done really, uh, you know, shortly. So they didn't have the insider feedback from the audiences that um, they've talked about using. So I think using that as a, you know, it's still a good show, nothing against it, but I think, you know, they've also come out better from this and, and, and are doing this. I do not think Matt will write the movie. I think they've, they'll have they have a different writer for this movie, right? You think so? Like, I, I don't think they're going to be a writer-director combo for Fantastic uh, yeah. Four.
0: I mean, the whole, the whole writing process from film compared to TV series is such a different animal, right? Mm-hmm. It almost seems like, I think every Marvel movie, really you got so many passes that go over it you know that you get that first writer's pass you got the producers looking it over the director adding notes you bring somebody in to do a punch-up on the scenes yep. right so by the time it's all all said and done it, like who really even yeah it? <laughs>
1: well i i think you know i think the important part is the writer gets the bones down there may be some some miniatures day-to-day but you know you're right like there's a lot of hands on these these movies they also film a lot of extra scenes they may or may not use in the edit um, they also bake in, right, reshoots if something's not working or if they need to add extra things to it. So, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if he is a director, I think he is a great director to have for um, Fantastic Four. Now, he was signed on to do Star Trek 4, and word is that he has left Star Trek 4, um, the, the continuation of the J.J. J. Abrams verse. So um, if he does come to this, I think that's a great, at, like a great grab, right? We, we thought maybe they would go big name director. Uh, Right. We've talked theory, Steven Spielberg or somebody else along the way. But if they want to go and grab someone they've worked with, they feel like they can elevate in-house. I think this is a great opportunity, Mike. Um, And do you think because these rumors are happening now, they're going to do this announcement at D23? I guess is my
0: main question for you at the Mm. end of this. I mean, we are owed a little something from Fantastic Four, right? Yeah. 2019 was the first announcement we got, and it was just a logo. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty much running off that exact same information. With mm-hmm. so, the release yeah, date. We
1: have really a release date moment. now. So we, they, they – Oh, big Well, they got to work backwards from that, right? They, they can't not start making this movie, like, right now to, to do this. You That's know true. what I'm saying? So they Put
0: a line in the sand. Yeah. They're not Warner Brothers. They're yeah. not going to push that date around too much if they don't have to
1: yeah they i mean when when marvel makes a movie they try to stick to it as much as possible but we'll, we'll talk some more about those other options here later thor love and thunder uh the physical editions were announced this week mike and i know you're not a physical person right? you like to stream things you're you're that but for those i enjoy collecting my steelbooks of the marvel um movies and the steelbook was announced. so those are coming out september 27th uh so we're just a little uh about a month away um you yeah, know right so not too, not too shabby um, with that. Now there will be some deleted scenes in there, but apparently they do not involve the grand mas, not, yeah, the grandmasters. Uh, deleted scenes mm-hmm. from, from the concept art we saw, sadly. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm excited to kind of see what what's going on with some of that stuff. I like watching that. Um, the other bit of information that came out about Thor: Love and Thunder, Mike, is they will stream the IMAX enhanced version on Disney Plus. Um, so, uh, which really. For those who may not know, uh, you just go to the movie, go over to versions or, or details. You can choose your version. This does not affect your movie in any way other than make it taller where scenes are taller. Otherwise, it'll say the same aspect ratio the whole time. So if you want to use that extra TV, not have black bars in scenes or those IMAX scenes, go ahead and turn that on. I think it's a really, it's a small benefit, but it's still a fun little thing you can do, right, for free. That's included with your subscription. Um, if it was HBO Max, it'd make you pay extra to get the IMAX enhanced <laughs> or something. Uh, you have to get commercials on the imax version Ugh. um because
0: that's what they do with that extra black bars on the right and left they'll put ads
1: put there. ads there yeah yeah they, they yeah you can uh you can't pay to turn them off or it's like a in-app per, in-app <laughs> purchase kind of thing anyway thor love and thunder coming I'm, I'm excited to revisit this mike like we said you know it's it's an okay movie it's funny uh popcorn thing i'd love to to, to go back and maybe kind of comb through the details on my own uh on record Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, some fun things here. We get a new look at Ironheart's upgraded armor from the movie. Is what we're assuming here, Mike. I sent this photo to you um, in chat. We we talked about it a little bit here uh, because we've seen the um, Ironheart's uh, her show armor, and the armor here looks way sleeker, way more shuri designed, if you will. Like maybe a Black pa- like like a Wakanda person made this more so than. Um, you know she did on on the streets if you will like it's very refined and the black and blue is very interesting highlights here kind of going into this
0: yeah yeah so far now it's kind of like we're trying to chronologically i feel like track armor progression right because mm-hmm. if we're o- still operating off of the same model in our head as Tony Stark he starts off rough and gruff and uh, his suits just get more and more streamlined as they go right and right now we have three versions of the kind of iron heart armor that's out in the wild yep. you know Some of them are from her Disney Plus streaming TV show. Uh, Some of them are from uh, Wakanda Forever. So she has like kind of like a proto armor where it's just kind of like slapped together with like uh, belts and buckles and straps that looks pretty rad. Uh, And she's mainly exposed there. Yes. And then it seems we have like the next level up, which is kind of looks more like a war machine esque armor. Mm -hmm. And then we have this one that's really highly polished, but. It makes me wonder, is the Ironheart show supposed to maybe jump back in time chronologically well, to where she yeah. had more proto there, suits? Or maybe it's going to be like a Spider-Man situation where, like, Ironheart has this suit uh, for an amount of time, but maybe it gets destroyed. Or maybe she has to leave it in Wakanda yeah. and can't take it with her.
1: Well, I'm thinking there, there's two options here because the, the proto suit and then the, the final sleek suit that's more Iron Man are in the same movie, right? Um, so is that proto-soup maybe not a proto-soup? Maybe is that something she has to build in a time of duress? Maybe like, hey, look, Namor's forces are coming for us. What can you build in this, you know, environment you're in, right? Maybe it's a, an emergency thing. And the other one, the, her show, is maybe a prequel. My other theory is, um, and I kind of wrote it here, is maybe the one we saw for the show, she is built specifically to take on the Red Hood, or not the Red Hood, the Hood, who has magical powers right maybe that bigger war machine armor is like this is you're dealing with magic you need to be a little more prepared than your your vibranium suit um kind of thing right and maybe he's got some anti-magic defenses in it uh to fight his uh you know his i guess his quote unquote yeah. red hood uh, and magic guns so like is is that something what i really think is interesting here is the concept or i guess the art on the box makes it look like her her chest piece is bulkier and like more textured and she has maybe some shoulder pieces Mm. that this toy does not have on right um the Mm. toy is very sleek very like you know form-fitting and that art shows like a maybe like a hollow chest or like some maybe some big engine pieces on the right hand side
0: of her shoulder Mm. i mean i feel like another takeaway too uh, a lot of the reasons we're seeing a lot of this wakanda forever like toys and boxes and art is mainly because people are very interested in this, you know, Ironheart suit, mm-hmm. but along the way, like Shuri has been front and center on all of these posters, right? Yeah, on all of these uh boxes. It really seems like Shuri is really getting catapulted into the front of this film, and like it seems like this could possibly be our replacement for Black Panther, uh, mm-hmm. slash Chadwick in this franchise. I'm not 100% sure. To me, it really feels like the safest way to move forward with, like, the Wakanda Forever Black Panther universe is maybe just don't solely focus on one person, just kind of make it more of an ensemble film where all of the characters, or at least a handful of them, are all equally important, and they all kind of show you a different aspect of what Wakanda is uh, like, but maybe, Uh you know... The character always kind of edges. One character usually always edges a little bit more. So maybe they yeah. end up being Shiri.
1: Well, the other thing I thought about this is they don't really say it's uh, Riri Williams. It. What if the Ironheart is maybe a Shuri armor, right? Like y- you think that maybe it could be hers, like something she made for herself, um, that maybe I mean, she gives to, the... to to to.
0: Williams? Yeah, I'm not sure. We got lots of unanswered yeah. questions. Um, very curious what's going to happen here.
1: Toys are in store. Uh, if you have yeah. kids and they want to play with these toys, go get them. That's why we're looking at these photos in the show notes here. They are literally in a store. Mm. So um, we're, we're, we're like, can you just imagine if we were together in a Walmart just pouring over the toy section? Like, what leaks can we get from the upcoming <laughs> movies what here? Yeah. this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check out those uh, pictures in there. Let us know what you think uh, of, of the Ironheart armor. I think it looks cool. I think it looks cool a quick note here for uh, the boys season four has added jeffrey dean morgan uh who played literally jensen ackles who was um oh my gosh i just lost his name soldier boy uh, his dad in supernatural he's known for negan and the walking dead um he was batman's dad in uh, Zack snyder's um but was a uh, batman v superman so like you know he's got um a lot of history and, and stuff in superhero stuff uh so i think it's a, a good ad for the boys right so
0: Yeah. He's a great he's a great actor. I, I loved like the top kind of like internet comment I saw when this news was announced of like I wonder what gross stuff they're gonna make him do. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's always what happens in the boys. Yeah. Like you're either doing something gross you're in some sort of bodily fluid, whether it's blood or maybe something more unspeakable. Yeah. So, he's gonna be getting up to something. It would be kind of funny if they uh, if they cast him just to subvert our expectations, and he's just a really really nice guy, mm-hmm. right? Because I only he only is Negan in my head. Yeah. Uh, so, and I I don't watch The Walking Dead anymore. I know he's kind of had a well, redemption it, arc, but I don't yeah, care about well, the show. So.
1: He's got an upcoming show with uh, the 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 other girl. The glenn's wife what's what was her name from that show uh maggie there's oh, a maggie and, and negan show uh coming out like a spin-off doing, series oh
0: the, really oh come on yeah. just let it end amc nope we get it you don't have breaking bad and Mad Men anymore and you're holding on to this for dear well, life, well uh, break uh, better
1: money. call saul just ended they have nothing else mike they have to they go into this universe
0: <laughs> a little yeah, bit yeah i guess so
1: um but yeah i think i think he's great uh, like and i i Met in Supernatural. He's in the uh, The Losers, that uh, DC comic book movie that with. It's got also got Chris Evans in it. So, Andrew um, Selba. So, yeah, very excited for that. Umbrella Academy, the other its counterpart on Netflix, right? The other show that comes out at the same time as renewed for a fourth and final season. Um, I, there's no other material for them to adapt, so I don't know. Yeah, I think this is good that they're going to end on their own um, accord rather than ending on a cliffhanger, right? Um, so yeah. N- I- Yeah,
0: I'm very, very glad that it gets to end. Something that many shows don't often get a chance to do on Netflix. So it's great that kind of the writers and the creators of the show get to go into the room and really pitch something to definitively wrap up a lot of these characters. And also, this is probably really good timing, too. Uh, We didn't really get a chance to talk a whole lot about the last season of Umbrella Academy on the show. Uh, But I do recall the last couple episodes of the most recent season were, like, slacking a little bit. I just kind of wanted them to pick up the pace a little bit and get on with it, and it seemed like, I don't know if they were stalling mm-hmm. for time or what exactly was going on there. So maybe now that they'll know the road ahead of them, we'll re- get mm-hmm. something really, really nice here for the last season. I've yeah. grown to really love the characters, so I'm, I'm yeah. hoping for a nice ending for all of them.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that it does well, other than, you know, the boys has this thing as well. Umbrella Academy makes you feel like they're a family, right? They, the characters feel like an actual dysfunctional kind of family um, with their abilities and, and what's been really cool about it is you know um, my fa- you know the favorites in our house are always five and Klaus right those are the my favorite characters mm. so um, it's good that you know we're not just left waiting to know what's gonna happen to them maybe they all die maybe maybe they all end it in another time loop they maybe they fix it and go back to living a good life or become superheroes I don't know um, but I'm very excited for, for that to, to like you said Netflix to give them an ending season and like this is your last one. Make sure you yeah. write it as and, your last one.
0: Yeah, and the stories and the world and all the characters have all kind of started to reach kind of their peak in a way. A lot mm-hmm. of the characters have almost realized their full potential like power-wise. Yep. Uh, we've gotten very, very high concept with how the world is always ending and how they're solving it. Yep. They're, it feels like there's not a whole lot more room to go, right? Yep. It's almost like... It's almost like an issue that maybe we might see Marvel coming into in a couple Mm. of years, right? Like, well, after you deal with the multiversal threat, like, what is left after that, you know? Well,
1: I'd say it's more like The Flash, right? The Flash, every season, it's like, hey, it's somebody else who just runs a little bit faster than me every time. And Mm -hmm. this umbrella comes like, oh, the universe is ending at the start literally of every season so far. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very excited to see that kind of wrap up and, and see where they go. Uh, with Also, there's no more comic books, right? They're, they're really making this up, maybe with uh, Gerard Way's help uh, for the fourth season if he's going to make another, but, like, there's no other content out there that they can adapt from. So, um, mm-hmm. good, good for them to, to get that, um, that, that, that ending note there. Speaking of Umbrella Academy and Netflix, the adaptation of Horizon Zero Dawn, the PlayStation... Exclusive game uh, has snagged Steve Blackman, the showrunner and creator of the Umbrella Academy show, to adapt that uh, game for Netflix. So that's pretty cool. I think he's done a great yeah. job with that. Um, yeah, uh, I don't
0: know much about Horizon Zero Dawn. I played a little bit of it when it was one of those like free PlayStation of mm-hmm. the Month games or something like that. So I got a little bit exposed to the story, but not a whole lot. It seems like it would be relatively visually effects heavy because, like, the animals are supposed to be, like, machines rope, or something Yeah, machine. Like yeah it's very
1: machine heavy, yeah.
0: But I feel like visual, visual effects nowadays would actually deal with that really, really well, mm. right? It's just kind of like tracking your 3D model in yeah. the scene, and, and you're kind of, like, good good to go. <laughs> it's a game,
1: so they've already got the 3D models done. Uh, really, they're just
0: uh, yeah. sharing that over. Yeah, actually, I didn't even- I didn't even think about that, but I know it's a very kind of story driven type of game. So we're kind of on the precipice here, especially after seeing the teaser trailer uh, or the teaser scene for the last of us the other week. Yeah. So we could be like with, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, kind of normalizing kind of some of the more fun characters on the big screen. Maybe now we can dive. Get
1: game. Well, again, I I really, again, crossing fingers because I know you just watched uncharted and it was kind of a letdown for you. Right. Um, Knowing how Mm -hmm. much that franchise means to everybody, you know, hopefully Sony's doing some, you know, some some house checking on these uh, upcoming shows. So, um, cross fingers for that because I am excited. They just had a second game come out, Horizon Zero Dawn. I know Horizon Zero Dawn is also getting a PSVR2 uh, launch game. Like they're putting some money into this franchise, so big big grab for them. Uh, Speaking of video games, moving along, Bioshock uh, with uh, the uh, increase of other video game movies getting adaptations bioshock has snagged a director and writer uh, with francis lawrence who is known for hunger games uh, i am legend and slumberland uh, to direct this and michael green who wrote logan blade runner 2049 and death on the nile uh, for the screenplay so
0: yeah i <laughs> i know I, I vaguely remember us talking about bioshock being adapted a while a ago. long time like, ago yeah was, Way too much has happened between now and then yeah. to where when I saw this news, I was like, oh, they're adapting Bioshock. I feel like I was supposed to know that.
1: Uh, it's, I love the yeah.
0: story of Bioshock, another game that I really haven't played but is popular enough to where I understand the concept of it. You know, this kind of I, underground, almost like it's, fascistic society with like – Yeah, magic, but I don't know how the magic is really explained outside of like a video game world. You know,
1: so BioShock is essentially you're in an underground city uh, that was built and and supposed to be like this ideal city, right? And only certain people were invited to Mm -hmm. live here. It's very much in the vein of like a Fallout movie, right? Like you end up being down here, and it's very forties, nineteen forties vibes, right? Everything was is a time capsule of whenever they built this city, and in it you have again people know the big daddies, right? The big suits Mm. that are like diver suits uh and they're little sisters but like yeah you you get these things they're not called elixirs but you inject them into yourself and that gives you the abilities uh kind of thing in there like
0: wasn't one of like isn't one of them or like i i I would assume one of them is like fire just yeah yeah there's a fire thing powers yeah isn't one like shooting bees uh, like, am I imagining no, being able to shoot I, bees I, from your hand? I think later on, I think
1: Bioshock Two, which was a different city, had had different abilities because it went more rogue
0: yeah. with what it had. Um, and that sounds really, really cool. But I feel like you gotta really hit a very specific tone yeah. because when you're playing like a video game, it's just like, oh, I can shoot fire now. I can shoot bees or electricity. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm playing a video game. I Like, I can suspend yeah. my disbelief to do that. But, you know, when you enter the realm of, like, a TV show, you you kind of have to add a little bit more fact mm-hmm. to that fiction. And so well, I wonder how they're going to pull that the,
1: off. The story of Bioshock is fantastic. You know, of those games you play for the story because it's a single-player game, it is absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful in terms of, of you as the main character, who is a person, not, not necessarily a, a – you have a voice – you you have a name, so like playing you're that like character. A
0: detective, you're like a detective, right? Yeah,
1: something. <laughs> like, yeah, and you're trying to to solve, like, figure out what happened to the guy who run who built the city and, and what's happening down here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is fantastic. I think Bioshock is one of those games that really took me by surprise whenever I got to it. So I think the stories there. I think there's opportunity, to maybe even tell like how did they get to that point where they're building the city. I think they'll probably go a little little farther back than mm-hmm. pick up where the game did. But yeah, like you said. You are dealing with some mysticism, some magic, and some like DNA altering stuff. So like you know you've gotta you've gotta build that in, and I think you know building the city is gonna be, you know, or this you know, whole universe is gonna be very crucial to that. But I think it's I think it's gonna be great. I think you know Michael Green, who has written Logan, Blade Runner twenty four, and Death on the Nile. I think he can encompass all those three into a Bioshock. Um, either series or movie, I don't know which one it is on Netflix. Probably, probably series if it's uh, on Netflix. Really, really well because th- those three pieces he's done are fantastic. So, um, Death on the Nile had, had a lot less death on the Nile than I anticipated, but you know, I'm a, I'm a stickler for titles. But um, yeah, if you've not played Bioshock, there are three of them out there. You can go check those out as well. Shifting gears into the DC universe, uh, they've been looking for a Kevin Feige for years, right? Since probably two thousand
0: nine. Chris, do we have to shift those gears? Can we just put the car in park. Well,
1: it's it's going in reverse. Actually, we're actually losing ground uh, <laughs> by going into the DC section because the rest of the show is DC uh, adjacent, other than She-Hulk. But we'll we, that's our that's our ending. Um, so they've been looking for this Kevin Feige uh, for their movies, right? The 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 DC mm-hmm. movies, and they've potentially tapped it uh, a DC chief and uh, producer Dan Lin, who was known for producing the It movies, Sherlock Holmes, and the Lego movies. So um, he's got a history of doing some franchises under his belt. Whether they're they all seem to have about two movies apiece, if you will. Yeah, is
0: this the Robert? Is this the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes we're talking yes, about? Yes,
1: yes, the newer ones. Um okay. Not not the not the um, the BBC one. Uh, he's also you know he actually broke away uh, from I think Warner Brothers in the, the late two thousands to create his own company called Rideback, and they're currently like in talks to do the live action Lilo and Stitch movie with Disney.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is more news with inside of news. I mean, I guess yeah. we could have assumed live action Lilo and Stitch right. was going to happen at some point in time. But, like, I forgot. That's why what, that's what that I, I talked about Hercules. Possibly.
1: I'm like, I don't want Lilo and Stitch. I want Hercules. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also produced uh, – he did. He was a producer on the live action Aladdin um, that, that came out. You know, Will Smith and um, the, the guy who's going to play it, Ezra Bridger. But, yeah, he, he's a producer. Yeah. He He's broken off from Warner Brothers, creates his own – uh, with his own um, company. so you know like he's not he's platform agnostic if you will. So um, yeah, I, I this could be great, right? Getting a producer who's you know got some franchises under his belt but isn't like you know married to the studio at hand. you think?
0: I mean, obviously less exciting than our Greg Berlanti rumor, no. which we had a little bit more analysis that we could add to. Yeah, right uh, uh, the other week. Uh, But at the same time, did anybody really know who Kevin Feige was before he was Kevin Feige? So, you know, I I think somebody that is going to be in charge of an entire universe like this has to be like a creative visionary, Mm -hmm. right? And somebody you really have to sit down and talk to and see what their ideas are. And you're just not always going to be able to get that from necessarily past projects that they've worked on. But if we absolutely had to look at this... I would probably sink my teeth in more to it and the Lego movies because that kind of was a franchise that was kicking off. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it died. Was it Ninjago? Was that it right there, knowing well, that they he couldn't kind of really just he didn't buy off of IP to make those.
1: He didn't do Ninjago or Lego Batman. Um, he just did the 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 two Lego. No, he did Ninjago. I'm sorry, I reading these backwards. He did though He did all the Lego. Yeah. So I think the Lego Movie Two sucked uh, and that killed it. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: maybe it uh the sequel to it even though the it movies made a lot of money right mm-hmm. the uh, sequel in my point of view uh essentially the same movie they just aged up the kids uh yeah. so who knows what we can go off of here but yep. they gotta pick somebody sooner or later right the, they, they need sure the board and the investors want something yeah
1: they, they need to I, I think the other thing is you know one of some of the stuff he he did you know um he, he 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 was a producer on a, that uh, the Departed. He, he didn't it wasn't a producer. He worked with The Departed, right, which was you know a, a winning movie. Um, worked on a TMNT, not not the Michael Bay ones, the ones before. So he's got a lot of work, but like you know, what do we draw out of this? How how's he gonna apply that to D C, and does he build a roadmap? Right. So um, we agree they need somebody. I don't know if they're gonna pick somebody soon, but that would be great if they could. Um, pick somebody who has a you know again um running he can run his own production company or as a producer for another company rather than you know be somebody in internally they've hired up if
0: you will so do you, um, do you think when they're trying to get this job they just like go home at night and they just like work on like a little pitch deck like all right, I gotta make a little pitch deck for these um, for these executives at Warner Brothers, yeah. and they're just like going on Google images, like copying and pasting stuff. Like, well, this looks cool. I might want to do that. It'll just be so funny to see that pitch deck. I want to be a fly on the wall when he's like, oh, should I add transitions here? Is that gonna get me the job if I fade in here instead of wipe? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just funny. To, that's just funny to me.
1: <laughs> Step three, profit. That's that's what it is. They <laughs> take the old South Park one and, and do it in there. But in in terms of of decisions they're making that are kind of stupid, two delays for for DC movies here coming up here. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods was pushed from this December to March 17th of 2023, uh, which Mm -hmm. this one might be smart. It was up against Avatar 2. Yeah, um,
0: that's... That's that's going to be rough to contend with.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are hyped for this, so yes, that'll be hard. So that's smart. However, Aquaman 2 was originally in that slot, and Aquaman 2 has now been pushed back to Christmas of next year, Mike. Womp, womp. Um, our Jason Momoa yeah. fix, um, your, your man, he, you are his man, is pushed back to, to Christmas of the year after, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> it just really, it really makes me think of uh, the – w- it was or wasn't actually aired – during the Super Bowl, I don't remember a hundred percent. Oh no, it was in front of Batman, wasn't it? It was that little like DC like teaser of like. Yeah, it was the, the Batman. It was on the universe. weekend.
1: Yeah, and they they changed it literally the Monday after the Batman came out. <laughs> yeah,
0: like none of like none of those things are really up. Yeah. By by now, uh, but yeah, I, I think you floated a rumor to me via text message earlier this week that uh, they couldn't even support possibly releasing these big movies financially this year with, all, with the you know with the $3 billion, mm-hmm. right, that they yeah. have to cut. Um, I love that rumor just because it's really funny to me. But also I, I think the other one of, oh, let's get this away from Avatar, I think that's yeah. smart too. Uh, but it's weird, right? Um, it seems like almost COVID gave um, productions more flexibility when it comes to delaying and movie, moving movies around. You know, it kind of almost gave them like, okay, the audience will still follow us. It's not necessarily seen Mm -hmm. as a critique on the movie before it comes out. Everyone's used to it now. If we need to move it, we'll move it strategically uh so maybe that is kind of one of the long lingering uh consequences of the pandemic it's emboldened the studios to just move it to the most financially profitable month uh no matter if there's a, a disease standing in the way well, or not you know the
1: the worst part about this is they knew about avatar but they moved shazam up from 2023 remember it took the flash the flash it was in june and they that, that was where shazam 2 was and they moved it up to december and then they're like oh wait we gotta push it back again so like the even the director was like oh, at least it's still earlier than our original date right um so he he's taking it in stride but you know aquaman yeah. is i mean I when, I when that movie came out it was like what 2018 i believe is that right yeah. um we yeah, said five years not- four years for the next one was a lot now it's five years so
0: yeah and I've seen a lot of people thinking that maybe it's Amber Heard related for Aquaman 2. Oh, no. Who knows? But, man, I'm so glad I don't work at I, Warner Brothers DC and have to put up with all this.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see here. I was trying to figure out when Aquaman, the first one was, but now it's giving me, all, all it's giving me is Aquaman 2 stuff. I'm like, when did Aquaman come out? 2018. So, yeah, it'll be five years to the day uh, when the next one comes out. So, woof. What a what a journey <laughs> for Aquaman and and all these dc movies we just want something at least black adam's on track right knock on wood <laughs> yeah um, before i jinx <laughs> but that like
0: uh, oh man have you have you seen like the rock engaging with like social media when it comes to like black adam he like he is starting to like get the vibe that like black adam is going to be the citizen's cane of like dc movies uh-huh. he like I, I mean i don't want to say like he's full of himself necessarily but he is doing his very very best to promote well, the hell out of this can- film May, so, I, I mean, may I suggest he, a theory he, to this? He, yes. Warner
1: Brothers do, isn't – they're not spending the money, so who's going to promote his movie?
0: Yeah, I mean, that could be – I've cool. not I seen mean,
1: anything a... Black Adam other than the, the tra- that one trailer like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, he is a social media juggernaut, yeah. so if he just wants to promote something on his own dime, yeah. you know, even if it is a dime, to hit the publish button.
1: Yeah, well, he's a producer, so I think he's going to kick back for the, how well this movie does too, so – i'm um, thinking like yeah, sure. warner brothers is like we're not gonna like you know you're gonna get marketing but it's gonna be like the the week before the movie comes out so good luck and he's just like i don't need you to promote my movies i'm the fucking rock like i will do it uh, <laughs> this is my movie and i'm a producer on it so i, I think to me it's not that he is you know over hyping i just think nobody there's no other hype for this movie anywhere else out there so i'm like
0: yeah that, that could be it too
1: yeah so yeah cross our fingers uh, moving on uh, in sad news, step one sad news, Batman the Cape Crusader, the animated show that was going to, um, you know, not be the Batman animated series but kind of look like it, right? Very dark. Batman had those long years in the concept art. Um, HBO Max has passed on this series, uh, sadly, unsurprisingly, though, because they don't want to spend anything. Um, and a bunch of other shows that have nothing to do with this, but, like, they, list, like, they literally pass on a bunch of animated stuff. Uh, And they are very deep in a production on the show, Mike, apparently. Like they're really like they've been making the episode. They've got the audio recorded so on and so forth.
0: Well, Uh, I mean, if you think about it like DNA wise, you know, if this new uh, CEO head honcho in charge of HBO Max Discovery or Warner Discovery, whatever the hell it's called, right? Him in his bones, he sees reality TV as the way forward. He sees it as the cheapest, mm -hmm. quickest way to make content. Uh, that appeals to like the broadest, like low inco- lowest common yeah. denominator of audience, right? And that's where the dollars are. Like animation is like the antithesis of that to the reality exact TV. It takes forever to make, it's expensive, and it mostly hits a niche audience. But the thing is, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion only, there's no multiplier factor to reality TV. You put it out there, it's out there, and it's done. I would think a very very small amount of people ever go back and rewatch reruns or old episodes of reality TV. You can't merchandise it at all. It only hits a very specific age range, and I would assume it leans very very heavily uh, female yeah. for the most part, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you know it it lessens your audience. Whereas like, uh, I feel animation has a very niche multiplying effect where you can get a small audience but they will become incredibly passionate they will re-watch it on mm. your catalog until the day that they die and they'll pass it down to their children and you can merchandise it and possibly grow it into a feature film at like some point in time right but yeah. you have to take the gamble there of putting the time and effort into it so yeah really I do not think that that CEO cares to do any of that right it doesn't seem like
1: Well which is it's just sad because Cartoon Network is where I watched other than you know um WB you know the over the air channel Cartoon Network's where I got to catch a lot of the Batman the animated series right later in life mm-hmm. um so like you know knowing that Warner Brothers Discovery owns Cartoon Network and they're not doing that is very very sad uh for for this cuz you know, there's there's Batman: and Cape Crusader and other things. So I I just I, I agree. I know what he's doing. Um, but like you said, it's not one of those things that's ever like I'm not going to a Comic Con panel of a reality TV series, right? Like nobody's doing that. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just it's just sad. However, let's flip the coin on this. Reports are that all of these projects in the show notes, including Batman: Cape Crusader, can be shopped to other distributors. HBO Max is not the Stopping production, canceling it. They are just not picking it up themselves. So, therefore, they can go live somewhere else. Now, I think this is a great opportunity for other platforms to pick up some of this great content, including the possibility of this Batman Creep Crusader stuff. Um,
0: yeah, I think I saw uh, even, like, Apple Plus there in the mix. I don't yeah. know if that's just somebody. Let's just name off all the streaming services that aren't HBO Max, right? And we can assume that they're in the bid. But, like... When I heard that, I was like, oh, I could see Cape Crusader kind of a more of a prestige, almost mm-hmm. animated uh, Batman take landing on something like Apple+. Plus." They don't yeah. really have a whole lot of animation to begin with. Right. They have that, um, have have all- that uh, Skydance movie well, called Luck, yeah. which I've seen a lot of people say looks like a commercial for insurance. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because I think they also did like a cross promotion with an insurance company well, on like a sponsorship. Yeah. They, they also own all
1: the Charlie Brown, um, at Apple plus. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, so they don't have I, a lot.
0: I got Apple, I got Apple plus. So, yeah. and you know, I keep buying new Apple products. So I keep getting yeah. that, uh,
1: Par- getting Paramount's, that trial. A, Paramount's a great place. Um, because they have Nickelodeon, right. Uh, and all those mm-hmm. uh, animated things. I think that could be a good home for it as well. If they wanted to go that direction. Um, for that. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's good news that people can, that they, they, they don't own the production. They were just, you know, licensing it as a distributor. Um, so, there's still hope to see this show down the road. It's just weird that you're going to be able to see DC animated stuff on a station that's not DC only kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, very, very peculiar on that. Uh, speaking of things dead at DC, uh, Warner Brothers Batgirl. Uh, apparently, they're holding secret funeral screenings for the scrap movie, uh, for people who were involved <laughs> um, around that's the so Warner sad. Brothers lot,
0: I want to go see a secret uh, screening. Like, and and I feel like, in in a in a in a fair and just world, you know, obviously the movie gets a release at some point in time. Maybe on like a streaming service that wants to pay for it. Who knows if that's right. up there in the works at some point in time? But like. Can some disgruntled person just leak it to the internet? Well, I would love to just, like, I, pirate this movie and watch that, it since that's they going release it. That's going to be
1: my next bullet point. It's funny you mentioned that because, literally, I think the directors would have in a heartbeat because both of them uh, – one of them, I think, went online and said they literally removed all of the media from the servers, the footage, before the directors could even sign in after the news was dropped. Um, oh, my God. So they had, they, they had like, an internal memo of like, go ahead and get rid of all this stuff now we're making this announcement and then you know no one can get on there and leak anything else from this cuz the directors I don't think well, I think I, I think would have in a heartbeat like some of it um,
0: I mean does uh, I, I know we're past the days of kind of uh, pr- uh, early days of Pixar right but mm-hmm. it was that story of that one woman who saved the whole film because she had a version yep. of it on Toy, Toy Story 2 yeah yeah, is there a thumb drive somewhere out well, in the world that has this movie on we're, it? We're
1: not past that. Deadpool was literally brought back to life by leaked footage, right? Like they they yeah, passed on true. the product, they showed the the proof of concept and they were like, "Oh, okay, this is this is an awesome idea." So, um, people people really reacted to it. So, I think I think we're not past that, but like at the same time like, you know, uh it's I I just don't want this to go down the release the Batgirl cut kind of kind of scenario <laughs> I don't think the Batgirl or the directors have the rabid fan base that um, Zack Snyder does or pays for through robots uh, so I, I don't think we'll get that but you know honestly it's just really re- I don't really sad that they, they can't release or they didn't even try to shop it around right like to like hey let's mm. let's get this out there so very very sad however in good news Mike because I know how much you hate large corporations, Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, their stock price has dropped to a newest low since 2009. After literally all this backlash the past two weeks against David Zaslav killing the projects, canceling all their animations, ruining contracts, everything. Literally, instead of saving $3 billion, they lost $5.5 billion in market capital in one month since this. Like...
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at their uh, stock ticker right now. Uh, their peak, their high, the best that they've done in the last three years was this gigantic roller coaster like peak at seventy seven dollars a share, and that was the right around the time that HBO Max released out into the world. Um, mm-hmm. At least I think so. Wait a minute, uh, maybe not. What happened in March twenty twenty one? That's Batman. when they hit seventy-seven dollars a share. Uh,
1: March of twenty twenty-one.
0: Uh, yeah, March fourteenth, twenty twenty-one. Was that Batman? What uh, happened there? It's such a huge, unprecedented peak in their share, and it's just been downhill ever since. There was that maybe the rumors that they would be ooh. possibly selling uh, to uh, Warner Brothers. Zack
1: Snyder's Justice League, March
0: eighteenth, twenty twenty-one. Oh no, wasn't it, wasn't it, was it the Justice League? Who knows? Uh, but yeah like you said they are down to like 13 dollars a share now it has been in a plummet in yeah. a free fall what exactly is going to happen to warner brothers i mean they've lost 20 go but up i mean is, is that what they're saying well the so studio?
1: so they've lost 20 billion i think overall 5.5 5 billion in just a month rather than saving 3 billion they lost 5.5 5. 5. um so that's off awful top talents uh, reports saying that top talents are no longer working with warner brothers right like you you you've, they've already pissed off Christopher Nolan because of releasing things on streaming, um and his mm-hmm. tenant stuff. They've, they've anyone uh, the Dune guy was really mad right because they put his movie on on streaming first last year. Um, there are companies, actors, producers, directors, ra- writers blacklisting Warner Brothers and Discovery right now. So I think you know if you 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 talk about you know um the the audience who watches your stuff is is not quite always right. But definitely, you know, they're going to let their, their motives be heard. This is how they're doing. They're refusing to work with the company, and the people who are investing in it are, are getting out. Like, they're getting right the hell out of there because of this merger. So um, I think you, you, we talked about this in, in, in our text studs, and you said you know, very succinctly, um, you know, uh, people are replaceable. And we're about to find out how replaceable uh, this guy running the company is at, the end, at the, I guess at the end of their fiscal yeah. year, whenever that is.
0: I mean, if you want to recapture the vibes of what HBO Max or HBO in general was back in its heyday, uh, just go on over to Apple Plus. I feel like that's where kind of like all the really good kind of uh, dramas are, or even like heartfelt comedies are over there. You know, you got Ted Lasso, Trying, Severance, uh, For All Mankind, all stuff like really, really popping off over over there at Apple. So. You can go over there, watch that. If you yeah. we're gonna talk about House of Dragons here in a second. If you're looking for something else fantasy related that's not HBO yeah. Max, uh, Rings of Power, that's about to be dropping yeah. on Amazon. Amazon. Right here. Yeah. And just I feel like in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So go check I think, that out I
1: think it's maybe the end of this month, maybe next month. I see keep seeing more trailers, so uh, it might it might be next week. But yeah, so HBO Warner Brothers Discovery parent companies of HBO, HBO Max are just, you know, taking and beating and honestly they deserve it. So sucks to suck dudes sorry uh but speaking of hbo max like you said house of dragons uh episode uh episode two is today right i believe but this show has already been renewed for a season two um which i wish i was more surprised by this announcement mike but it sounds like they had full faith in it anyway um to make not make just one season but you know last week's stats really kind of bumped them to go ahead and make that announcement right now get those actors under contract right?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we talked briefly about the show last week because we recorded last week's episode on a Monday. So uh, we had a chance to kind of look at house of dragons on a Sunday night, but it puts you right back into that headspace and right back into the world of game of Thrones pretty, really pretty well. Uh, So yeah, if you, if you miss that feeling of appointment television on Sundays back in Westeros, this puts you right there. And of course, everything game of Thrones related, hot takes all over the internet so if you want to participate in any sort of discourse there is one for every scene there's one single bit of discourse for every single frame of uh, last week's episode so it's it's got the whole hype train back up and running and uh, hbo and hbo max discovery warner whatever the hell you call it they needed this they needed a hit they needed something popping
1: yeah yeah and um yeah it's good good for them you know after the i guess bad taste of right of game of thrones left people's taste bad taste in their mouths um this is good to be back on top for them right in in the world uh george r R. martin's world that last book still hasn't come out mike i know people are still complaining about it they're getting another show before they even get the last book so um yeah so good good for it being renewed at uh season two at hbo all right into the episode you know what happens at the end of the episode folks we talk about the newest I guess the show that's on right now, right? And right now it's going to be She-Hulk. It's um, on Disney+, Plus, debuting every Thursday, which sucks because now we have to wait more after recording to watch the next one, Mike. I was always looking forward (laughs) to that short wait between them. Um, So we're going to talk about episode two. Uh, If you haven't watched it, watch it, come back, listen to it. We can show you some more stuff, talk about it. But um, we're going to jump right in. Uh, First and foremost, this episode is about, um, you know, Jen's fallout from being really... Revealing she is a She-Hulk, right? Uh, in in the, the mm-hmm. universe and how that has affects her as a her job and then uh, her mostly her job and, and she has to now work for uh, a company that uh, has her representing uh, Emil Blonsky's Abomination, who we've not seen since the Incredible Hulk, Mike. Um, yeah, it's been a 2000, 2008 uh, well, the second Marvel movie.
0: Technically, we did see the Abomination, yes. Not necessarily Neil Blomsky underneath the. Uh, fleshy Gamma skin yes. that was the abomination, and I love that that, that did come back around yes. as a legal loophole that Jennifer is going to have to tackle, but this episode overall sat a lot better mm-hmm. uh, with me. Uh, like I said, the first episode, they, they had a lot of hurdles and speed bumps they had to deal with at, at the beginning of setting all of this up, of how she becomes the She-Hulk, but now that she is the She-Hulk, everything's really popping off for me on on all cylinders, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, The fact that she has become She-Hulk is working well because I think it's helpful that her cousin, kind of the root of her identity as a Mm -hmm. superhero, is very famous, right? That's one piece of ground that the MCU has set pretty definitively, that these Avengers are... uh, all intents and purposes like the most famous people on earth right yeah they are celebrities they have toys they have merch whether they want it you know or or not they are famous so when you kind of see another big green powered superhero it seems like humanity is already ready for it yeah they've adapted to it they see it oh it's just another version of of hulk let's call it a she-hulk if you will and of course they had the very typical kind of cheesy superhero moment where they have to be named right yeah it like some random citizen or a newspaper headline that does it feels like there's no other way to do it there's no organic way to give these people silly names and then yeah. they always have to bellyache about it like oh really yeah. just have to be a derivative of my brother so that's a little unfortunate that we can't quite think of a new way to do it but you know i was able to look yeah. past that but and have
1: she, a good time i think if she had another name in the comic books i'd be like yeah maybe but like she-Hulk literally is a derivative, like, I th- I'm like, oh, that's, like, right on the nose of how they made her originally in the 80s mm-hmm. or 70s, right? I'm like, oh, they literally couldn't think of a better name in the 70s. Uh, they were like, mm-hmm. it's a She-Hulk, if you will. So, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I think, you know, to me, one of the highlights of this was not just, you know, her, her you know, looking for jobs, stuff like that, but, like, uh, we get to meet her side of the family, right? Um, you know, uh, her family, mm. uh, which is very interesting. Uh, it's great because uh, her dad is Mark Lynn Baker, who is one of the two actors in Stranger Things, or not Str- Perfect Strangers. Um, do you ever remember watching Perfect Strangers growing up?
0: Uh, uh, no, not really. But he is one of those kind of very recognizable character actors, right? Kind of yeah. like Ed Bagley Jr., where whenever you look at him, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. I've seen yeah. him. He He's been in things and. He's yeah. always been enjoyable to look at. <laughs> yeah, I've always I, I I
1: remember watching Perfect Strangers kind of growing up. So he was one of the one of the two because it's a, a normal guy living with like his cousin who's like from Eastern Europe kind of thing. It was always like, uh, you know, we're roommates but we're totally different kind of things. But anyway, I I really enjoyed the family dynamic. Everyone's like, oh, you know, your cousin uh, who seems to be kind of like uh, he reminds me of the that's why I said Stranger Things guy. What's his name? Uh, Argyle from Stranger Things. He's like just kind of like a carefree kind of like whatever i'm gonna i'm now the manager at best buy kind of kind of dudes for <laughs> yeah for the uh, thing um it was really really fun, kind of fun to see it and i i think it came together even better at the post-credit scene which you 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 let me know they had one where literally she's doing all the stuff around the house while he's like kind of getting uppity about it um
0: yeah I, I leaned over to my wife and i was like oh they're treating her just like clark kent in smallville on that farm yeah just there to pick up heavy stuff i yeah. you know i get it you yeah. have seen this before yeah yeah for that
1: um so let's go ahead and, and talk you know we, we talked about the emil blonsky i think his his side of the story actually came across better than i thought it would um right like mm-hmm. he's like I'm a, I'm a i'm a decorated soldier like i wasn't doing anything wrong until your government put this blue stuff in me kind of thing and then then that was the problem i'm like well, he's actually making a fair point if you go back and watch that he wasn't really a bad guy he was just a soldier uh kind of yeah, thing
0: but also like i was really trying to remember because i was like uh just like uh mark ruffalo uh said in this show like uh, it's like i'm a totally different person wink and i had to remember back to yeah. edward norton in that movie and just like okay i'm pretty sure uh he had um abomination what's the actual character's name again Emil Blonsky in the in the show, yeah. Is that the what's the actor's name? I keep thinking that's the actor's name, and oh, not the character's no,
1: name. No, no, uh, the <laughs> actor uh, from Pulp Fiction What is his name. Uh, d- d- yeah, d- but
0: I I think he I feel like he what, isn't there like a scene. Where, like, he's in, like, a some sort of medical room or facility, and he willingly, like, grabs well, that serum and sticks it in himself because he wants to go get well,
1: him. Well, he got it originally, and that, like, enhanced his, like, aggression, right? Like, he was more aggressive then. Uh, and then when he got punched in the – during the scene at the university against a tree, and they all thought he was dead, he's like, I need more to beat him. Like, I will never beat the Hulk as I am. Uh, and the mission mm-hmm. is to beat the Hulk. So, yeah, he did get a yeah. secondary dose, uh, I believe, for that
0: so, – uh, so, obviously, he's not totally innocent, but from a legal perspective, it is interesting yeah. that at least he has a leg to stand on in the courtroom, right? You know, you couldn't ex- – not every Marvel villain could necessarily walk into the courtroom with, like, a legal excuse of, like, why they wanted to do it. So, it is mm-hmm. interesting that at least there is a case to be built here.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, I don't think he's innocent. I just think, you know, he, he did have a really – like you said, a really good – like, this is my – like, I was fine until this happened kind of thing. So – Um, it's just, it's just great to bring that kind of back around a little bit, you know, to, to not, you know, forget about that movie as much as, uh, they don't have the rights to distribute it, uh, with the the universal yet. Um, so I think, I think, um, you know, he, he just that those scenes with him talking was very, very, you know, fun. Uh, and then like in the ending brings it about the, the live stream of the abomination fighting, uh, Wong at the, uh, at the, um, Shang-Chi. What's that fighting ring called? I forget what it was called. Um. Uh, but um, yeah. Anyway, I think that's going to lead into Wong coming into the show sooner than later, right? Um, because he's literally at the end of this episode. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's going to be on the um, uh, on the podium testifying. Yeah. Uh, uh, on behalf of the uh, the book of Ashanti, I guess. You swear on the book of Ashanti. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got to swear upon the book of Ashanti. That'd be funny. Yeah. But, yeah, he could be like, oh yeah, I was rehabilitating. This person, you know, they have to be able to get their aggression out when they're in this forum, and it's better that they're in a fight ring with me than out there in the world. So that could be uh, that could be pretty funny. Uh, But there was a couple Easter eggs uh, in this episode. I would say I didn't even catch I didn't even catch these until I looked at the looked at the show notes because unless you're like combing over like computer screens with a fine tooth comb in this show, you wouldn't have seen these.
1: So so I I'm gonna how about this? Here's our discussion. One of these is an Easter egg one of these is a reference how about that
0: that's true that's true
1: so i would say the
0: or <laughs> or do we throw in the word tease well, is it a reference or is it a tease
1: well i, I would say I, I would say the the reference and are about i would say they're both the same yeah it's a teaser reference right so the easter egg is they are finally acknowledging a giant man sticking out of the ocean um, in this, <laughs> there's a news article saying why is there someone here? And what I love about the show, every the first episode, the second episode have been like this is what the audience is talking about, right? Like they like this is what people who watch this show are talking about. like how do the Avengers get paid? Do they even make money? Kind of thing, um, which was mm-hmm. funny. So like yes, we know that there, the, there's a large man sticking out of the ocean. It's glossed over. It's not a huge thing, but it's fun to know that they do know it's there, um, and they will reference it later. Right? Marvel will not leave this untouched. Um, but the other one is a man with metal claws fights uh, in a bar is the other one. So if you could figure out who has metal claws <laughs> and likes to fight in bars, Mike, who would that be? You could put a, now, uh,
0: now if this is indeed supposed to be serious, uh, I feel like this is heavily pivoting towards the existence of Wolverine, right? Yes. But this is a comedic show so who knows, this could just be a joke, a funny reference that we're not supposed to think too much about. But it, it seems like most of the time in the MCU when we've seen like visual references to like characters that exist like on screens or like in a list or on a note or something like that, mm-hmm. it usually seems to come to fruition in, Later. Some, yeah. in some ways, right? You know, I, I, it makes me think of uh, Winter Soldier, right? When they have uh, all of those like targets Right, yeah. that that AI is trying to, and yeah. I, I think most of those ended up coming to fruition, especially the Doctor it, Strange one.
1: Yeah. Right? yeah, Doctor Strange, and, and um, there was yeah, there was a couple more. Uh, I, well, it also takes me back to Iron Man too. Uh, there's a scene like Fury's talking to um, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man in, in a room, and there's like dots on a map, and it's like Wakanda and like you know Atlantis. Kind of things on the map. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. those are those are references. Or like, you know, Age of Ultron. They're like, oh, that's Wakandan. Uh, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, that's an Easter egg, right? Kind of thing. Um, uh, for us, that came from, now an Easter egg was a reference at the time because we did not have Black Panther on the radar back then. So Wolverine's yeah. great, and if yeah,
0: and if it's supposed to be like the version of Wolverine that we all know and love, that means Logan will have always existed. Mm-hmm. In this universe right which, meant, which means the mutant gene Has been out there for a while Which is, seems like maybe that's not the direction We're going but obviously we have things Spilling over from multiverses Right yeah. so they could always include This in the story of like this was a Pre-existing Wolverine in another universe That fell yeah. into ours Or if they decided to just never pick up On this specific story again and They're at a comic con one year and somebody brings Up the question they're just like oh Yeah you know, the multiverse was ripping apart. Wait, it was just you, a Wolverine from another one. You, don't even, you were never meant to see him. It was just a funny reference.
1: You don't even have to say that. You could, like, someone got Black Panther claws. Like, literally, it could be someone with Black yeah. Panther claws in a bar. Like, it doesn't have to be yeah. actual adamantium claws.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I feel like the bar is what's reinforcing the fact right. that this could be Wolverine. Well, 100%. Like, he's, he's a... He's a scrappy dude that's always drinking and fighting people yeah. in bars. It's like oh, hundred percent. Well, that was natural habitat. That's how we met him in
1: the original X Men movie, which Kevin Feige did work mm. on, by the way. Um, so, like, yeah, I think exactly. it it it's, it it could easily be Wolverine. They could also be like, now we met like someone had you know they got some of you know the Avengers stuff from the the mansion like the through the auctions and it wasn't really Wolverine if they have to, but I, it's still mm. fun, right? It's still fun. We all know what it means. We all know what it's supposed okay, now to everyone...
0: mean. Y'all got to keep your eyes sharp now. Uh, We're definitely going to be seeing some legal paperwork at some point in time strewn across a a tabletop while they're trying to build their case. You know there's going to be more Easter eggs in that paperwork. I think the moment in the episode that made us probably both simultaneously point at the TV uh, was when... Hulk was in a spaceship, yes. and uh, I think I said the same thing that you said. It's just spaceship.
1: Spaceship. He's in uh, space. Where's
0: he going? Hulk's in
1: space <laughs> is what I sent you. Uh, yeah, so uh, mm. Hulk's in a spaceship, and we find out that he's on that Sakharin, uh class whatever spaceship. I guarantee mm. you he's got a son, Mike. I guarantee you he's got, he's got like some sort of you know, parental rights from when he was Hulk back on Sakaar. Like, you're going to find out. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to find out that Hulk's son, Scar is there, and he's got to bring him back, or he's got to deal with it, and he needs a lawyer to, to represent him in court because, you know, he owes child support or something like that. Um, <laughs> or Yeah, I don't it, know. I kind,
0: of, I kind of took it as a vibe of he's more of more or less leaving the show in a way of like he's flying off to his next appearance in a movie, right? Oh, that, that that's could kind be. Of what I took away from it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting him to return. But it would be it would be a, a, a delightful surprise if we see him come back around. Yeah.
1: Well, there are seven other episodes. I wouldn't be surprised if he does the last episode. He's back on Earth with a kid. Like we don't see him the rest of the show. We're like we've got our Ruffalo time. He literally said, "I don't care that you're you're with the abomination. He wrote me a haiku. It was very heartfelt, um, so I've forgiven him. Uh, also, I'm gonna use hyperspace, and the calls is just gonna drop. And that was kind of funny, like right, like he's like he didn't even say bye, like he just disappeared. So, hundred percent think that he's gone for the rest of the season, but will return. I think maybe by the end of it. I don't think he'll be in space uh, for forever, or at least till the next movie. That would be interesting. Um, but yes, the last thing I want to say: her new, uh, uh, Jennifer's new. Company she's working at is called GLK&H, which stands for Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway. Holloway was the old man she was talking to, right, who hired her for this. However, the GLK uh, actually represents Marvel people from the Marvel Comics company. G is Goodman, so original Marvel publisher Martin Goodman. L Lieber is Stan Lee's last name is actually Stan Stan Lieber Lieberman, not Lee. He shorted it to Lee uh and kurtzberg is referenced to jack kirby whose last name was actually jack kurtzberg so they changed their names um to i guess i think they were hiding uh their jewishness whenever they were actually getting into comics back then um which you know there's nothing wrong with that they they've done a great job so uh it's just interesting to know that they changed their names uh, back then to make them shorter to stanley jack kerber martin goodman so i think that's a really fun little deep cut there if you will right yep for the show
0: Yeah, very uh, entertainment industry, right? To rename yourself, to just uh, position yourself to be more successful in Hollywood, Yeah, which is funny because uh, Whoopi Goldberg has the kind of opposite story. When she was coming up, she wanted a more kind of uh, uh, familiar name with Hollywood so she could get more roles. So she's very well known for doing that Mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, that's a fun little Easter egg. Uh, Overall, like I said, this episode was better, but... Unfortunately, which I feel like maybe this will be fixed kind of moving forward into the the next kind of chapter of Disney Plus on Marvel, this does not feel super episodic to me Mm -hmm. just yet. I really still feel like I'm watching like a longer movie, and I feel that way because the episodes end somewhat abruptly to me. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's just because I'm having like a great time and I want the episodes to keep going and I'm just enjoying the characterization of everything, but it just kind of ends like yeah. almost not on an on like a stinger of the end of the episode. It's almost just like okay, we've just ended on like an act break is kind of what it starts to feel like to me. So I, I think that this will be rectified and fixed because this is an issue that I, a lot of people have brought up where a lot of these series just feel like long movies. Yeah. So this one is feeling a little bit better in the sense of i'm just liking it more so i can just deal with the issue better yeah so um and hopefully this doesn't stay like this the whole yeah. season
1: and i think we're used to other than wandavision we're used to the longer episodes right at this point like since wandavision was the other short one like we've got seven more weeks of this i'm like oh, i kind of wish they would have just done the the hour long ones instead like double <laughs> down a little bit because it is fun it's fun these are, these are great characters to kind of go on a journey with. Mike, I, I thought for sure you laughed your ass off whenever that guy brought, brought her a map of the good bathrooms to poop in. I'm like, this is a Mike oh, joke.
0: And that, that guy is great, too. I forgot to mention uh, the wife and I have been watching another show on HBO Max called The Other Two. And that guy who plays her new co-worker, he's in that show mm-hmm. as well. And he's very infectious. He has that kind of like very like smiley look to him. Where, and he has like a very soothing voice too where you just want him to read you a bedtime story. So it was a, a pleasant yeah. surprise to uh, see it, him in this show. I feel like I remember him being like on like the cast list, and now that I got to see him, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best yeah. place to poop. Yeah. And uh, Jennifer did, and she appreciated it, too, yeah. which is very uh, character-driven for her. It seems like she would appreciate it.
1: So the end credits are also um, animated, right, like a courtroom-style art. Um, mm-hmm. They actually have references to the episode, so this one actually had the map, like a full screen version of the map someone had drawn up in like watercolor, like or whatever the app is of, of yeah. the the map, and I'm like, oh, that's that's really fun. That's a that's a cool little unique thing yeah. fitting the episode.
0: I'm, I'm curious if the if the art at the end is being drawn after the fact, or mm-hmm. if it's kind of visual development art, kind of like how the Mandalorian yeah. has their concept art at the end of each episode. But either way, it's fun. Yeah, I'm having a good time with the show so far. This is great, but I am still cautiously optimistic because I had a great time with the first two episodes of Moon Knight. Yeah. And then it all went downhill for me after that. So but th- I have higher hopes for this because yeah. I feel like there's not going to be a gigantic uh, well, shift. It seems yeah. like we're, we're pressing forward with this uh, fun concept of um, defending Abomination yeah. in the courtroom. We still we still have more Easter eggs and cameos to come. We're waiting for Wong. We're waiting for Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil. There's supposed to be more super-powered people in this. We've seen in the trailers there's, like, Frogman. Yep. There's some sort of, like... Cloaking wizard in the in the judge's chair yep. at some point in time, so there's more to be unravelled. Right, we
1: don't. I guess my my biggest my biggest hesitation, and and it could be the way. Who's the villain? Who is the bad person in this show? Right, like what what is the ultimate goal? uh Because my complaint with Wandavision is there's just a last the last episode is versus Agatha Harkness, and she just happened to be like. I don't want one of those situations again. Like, I would like to get there pretty quickly and, and, and move on with it. I think some of the later episodes, like, you know, Moon Knight, whether you like it or not, they at least gave you the villain within the first half hour. Like, this is the bad guy, and they know, the good and bad guy know each other exists, right? So um, no secrets, no no last means. So I hopefully they get to that point sooner than later. Check it out, Thursdays, Disney+. Plus. Mike, that is it for the episode. Man, we got through it. Um, We're going to get out of here, but people know what you're up to, what you're doing. Where can they find you at, ma'am?
0: Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you?
1: Find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I've been on my spare time working on some new pinball tables, uh, uploading up. So I've been uh, recording some videos. I've been sharing that. Mike, you've seen them. You know what what I'm doing. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. up to. I have. So I'm going to put those up there and some other stuff uh, I've been doing. Uh, people know more about the show where they can come back in and, and subscribe every week and listen to us. We're going to get all that good stuff at?
0: Oh, head on over to our little headquarters where Superhero Slate lives, and that is SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show. And to get our awesome show notes, So if you want to see a nice little itemized list of everything we talked about this week on the show, if you want to see those... Leaks of Ironheart's possible new armor in Wakanda Forever. We got that over there in the show notes. Check it out at superhero slate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to. fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at superhero slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out. Let us know what you're watching, what you're hell what you're listening to we've had uh, some uh, listeners reach out telling mm-hmm. us that they're listening to some of the other marvel podcasts right and i haven't dove into anything besides that first season of the wolverine podcast so even if you're listening to stuff we'd love to know it we'd love to hear from you and uh if you want to be a super fan of this show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy we'll be here every week folks that's
1: right we will catch you guys next week
0: bye Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe.